Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. That was funny. I forget what he said now. That's my oh, um, that's, Fifth uh, Amendment. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's my American Fifth Amendment, dang it. <laughs> I don't know. There's two Canadians, so I don't think the U.S. jurisdiction applies here. But all right, fine. <laughs> So hey everybody, welcome to the More Than Just Code podcast. My name is Tim Mitchell and I'm in Toronto, Ontario. I'm also in Toronto, Ontario with Greg Hio. How's it going? And I'm also joined by Tammy Coron, somewhere south of the Mason-Dixon line. Hey guys, how are you? She's really south of the Mason-Dixon line. Way, way, really it is south. way further north than well, most let's people Let's put it think. this way, she's in one of the states that I think Donald Trump won yesterday. Ooh, Sick burn, as Aaron would say. Are you really going to bring up politics with me here? No, no, really? there's no point, really. <laughs> really? Nope, not going to go there. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. Okay, just check That was my George Bush. My, my Dana Carvey <laughs> doing George Bush, I believe. You need a little work yeah, on that, yeah, man. Whatever. <laughs> it's so nice to be your second choice, I told Tim. It's I Tim. He's... <laughs> He's man. scraping the bottom of the barrel. It's me and Tammy. This must be like, Tim is like, you know, oh, no, you man, know what? this you is going to be the worst. You know you're his favorite. I'm just like, oh, well, if Greg can't make it or we need no, a I'll second person, the favorite of Tammy. Oh, Tammy? Okay. Come on. We're both pretty, we're both pretty bottom of the list here. Okay. The truth, the truth is, I don't know that we'll be able to talk to Greg for too much longer. Why is that? Because you're going somewhere. You're going away. Oh, I've already said it on... I said it on the Slack. I said it on Facebook. I know. Well, yeah. you haven't said it on more than just Code Podcast. Oh, We've that's talked true. about it. Oh, that's true. Off air. Yeah, I mean, this is the quintessential of... 
this is you know giving up information. Is this the show? Right here on this is this podcast. the show? This is the show. Oh, okay. It's always the show. You know the rules here. I don't know anything. He takes that from roundabout. Well, oh, we're always recording. Yeah, we're twenty minutes <laughs> no, in, no, no, and no. I'm like, oh, is this? The, I thought this was like the pre-show uh, small talk or something like that. Yeah. Well, and then, and then you know, it's funny. Tammy and I, Tammy and, and uh, Charlie and I had a. Co- we probably talked about two hours, I think. And I'm thinking, how is Tammy ever going to edit this? And, and she was really sick that day. Mm-hmm. And I think she really just literally went, okay. Show's over, done, and published it. <laughs> That's yeah. exactly me off what I did. <laughs> Here, cue the music. <laughs> uh, no, I am, yes, I am going to be taking a new job and moving, but I can, you know, I might still be able to come on once in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're, we're kind of counting on it, you know. Really? Yeah, but well, it'll, it'll be, of course, you're, you're, you have a, your faces on our website page and stuff, right? True enough. Tammy's face is on our webpage. Is now, it? Too. I have not seen it. Only because I begged. I'm like, Tim, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how it works, Tammy, you know. <laughs> I kid, yeah. I kid. Yeah. All right, so uh, Greg, put, you punch, put a bunch of stuff up here on the pod. All right, well, have we talked about your... Have you spilled your beans yet? I'm sorry? Did you spill your beans? You just sort of said you're moving down south. That's all you said? Oh, I'm taking a job at Facebook. So <laughs> at I've, Facebook. I've written a book on my face, and I'm already... Go- I have a blue hoodie and cool. uh, lots of great t-shirts so i think i'm all set so you're going to reinvent the hamburger menu is that what you're going to do oh come on we're past the ha- we're past the hot dogs we pass the hamburgers we're on to um i don't know steak or burritos <laughs> or something like that <laughs> the burrito menu yeah the burrito menu yeah yeah uh so yeah i'll be hopefully moving down there next month beginning of april and we'll see there's still some paperwork to do well i've done all the paperwork that i can do but there's mm-hmm. some work visa things and whatnot because I am Canadian. Yeah, do you have course. to get like an immigration lawyer and all that kind of stuff too? Or how they handle all of that stuff for you oh, because that's nice. uh, they're a, I, I hear they're a relatively big company, and so they handle that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I've provided Facebook all of the forms who? that uh, I need to, and it's all in their hands now. So if all goes well, I'll be there end of the month or so. Interesting. Do you have any idea? You have no idea what your assignment's going to be and that kind of stuff, right? Uh, no. from what I hear, they kind of hire just generally. They just find people who are they think will you know smart people who will do well or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. then you they have like a six or seven week kind of boot camp where you learn about stuff, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. you kind of go into a team from there. So I don't know exactly what I would be doing after that, but you know I have some general ideas. But who knows? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, speaking of Facebook, is Ryan going to be at the? Um rw devcon ryan will be there he's talking about 3d touch um oh, so yeah, yes. we'll see him next week so this is also the unofficial ray winner like or rw devcon wait a second well, hang on it's next, it week? next week it's a week yeah. tomorrow is oh our fun goodness. day tammy and a week friday yeah. is the day I, one I, I need to pay more attention it's like march 2nd my goodness i just looked at the calendar today for the first time in about a month are you using your ray wonderlick official calendar I okay. have it up, but I don't. I I've been really, really uh, trying to use my electronic uh, calendar. I went and I got Fantastical oh, wow. not too yeah, long ago. Yes, and I have to say, it is the only calendar that has allowed me to move into a digital world. Like prior to that, I would never touch a digital calendar. Ooh. But with Fantastical, I'm like all in. Yeah, Aaron's a big fan of that one too. You talk, we've talked about it on our show before. So, what do you like about it? I like that it's easy to use. It's right there, but it's also not in my face. Yeah. Oh, it's it's the one that sits in the menu, right? 
Yeah, it sits up at the, the top bar, and you can anchor it, too, because there are times when I'll need to, to do extra stuff in it, but I'll also need to have other windows open. So if I anchor it, I can keep it open and continue to look at my other windows. You know, but I've tried a bunch of other different calendars, and I've always been like, I can't. I just I need to be able to write it with a pencil on a piece <laughs> of paper in order to have it work. Really? But, but Renee Ritchie from iMore... He, because I had asked him one time, I said, well, what can I use for a calendar? I'm, I really need something because my husband's getting on me for, you know, losing my calendar and whatnot and not being able to share right. it. He's like, oh, you got to try Fantastical. I think that's what he was using at the time. I don't know if he's still using it, but I switched over and I haven't looked back since. And yeah, granted, I've not looked at my calendar, but <laughs> things come up and say, hey, you need to do this in hey, like a half March hour, 2nd, so make man. sure you're yeah, there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> It's Dr. Seuss Day, right? Read Across America. I know that because it oh, came really? up. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, I've been using electronic calendars for forever, it seems like. Well, I think I had a, I had a Newton back in the day, right? So that's when I sort of got into the... Because, yeah, I, I'm like... I have, I always had a piece of paper with, with 100 things that I had to do on it, and I would sort of cross them off the list, and I would carry them over to the next month. And and uh, so I needed a, a device that would sort of go, hey, you need to deal with this or snooze this. and. And so I've been doing that ever since, uh, like, the 90s. But uh, I've always, always used a calendar. When I was using, uh, what was it, Entourage we used to use on the Mac? I, had, I used to use a calendar there. But but I still use the Apple calendar. I'm not, I haven't really moved away from anything else. Now at work I've got, you know, that other type of exchange server thing stuff going on. But still using the Mac calendar for that. Hmm. Well, you have to try Fantastical because it is, ha, huh, fantastic. <laughs> Well, it's interesting, you know, it's, I don't know if you, well, you know that I've moved on to a new job and, and the challenge for me is, well, it's, it's a good thing and it's a bad thing. Like, like literally I cannot take my work computers home because they just don't work because it's such a, like a, a you know, firewall network and they have remote access services and stuff like that. And like, I'm supposed to be working on something right now, but I can't because I'm, I'm at home. Right. Um, which is good because like that's the first time in 10 or 11 years that I've not always had, you know, I could ha- I could hang up this call and could turn around and do more work, right? So which is it's nice. It's nice to be able to leave that behind and and just sort of have that. So my work and my life are separated finally after all these years, right? So I'm not so 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 and my point in saying that was that anything I install on my Mac at home, I kind of sort of have to install on my Mac at work so so that I can keep everything together, right? So but uh, are you there? Is this thing on? <laughs> is this a show? <laughs> is this the show? I, I think I'm in shock. I just I, I I sat here for just a second and I wondered what it would be like to not be attached to work. Yeah, you know, it, it, well, it's 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 kind of funny. Like, um, I, I came to. A, I mean, I, I I basically went through the whole you know last eleven years running my own company, and it, the company's still there, and it's, I'm still billing people for stuff and. I'm still doing work under it, but not nearly, not a hundred percent of the time of my time or my energy is being put into where's the next order coming from? What have I got to invoice this week? You know, what code am I doing today that I'm not getting paid for? That kind of stuff, right? Um, and there was always a lot of that, right? And uh, and not being able to just sort of at night just chill and watch TV for a bit, you know. Um, I still have a few things that I'm obligated to do, but not like it was. It wasn't like every single day, like. We had your president's day is was our family day. The, I think the first Monday in February or something like that it was the first time I've had a statutory holiday in like twelve years. You know, so it was just really strange thinking on the Sunday that I, I, had, I was actually working on the videos for Ray and um, 
I wasn't going to get the work done on Sunday night. I'm thinking, oh my God, I've got to, you know, I'm not going to get this done. What am I going to tell Ray? And then I realized I've got a whole other day to go. <laughs> I'm looking forward <laughs> to, to that. I, I was working that day, but I got paid time and a half, which I've never gotten before. And I was like, oh my God, this is awesome. Yeah. Working on yeah. a holiday. This is great. So um, I'm looking forward to having a day off, paid day off. All of a sudden there's money in my bank account too, which is another cool thing. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, like just regular, just, it just shows up. It's like, wow, you know? <laughs> Ooh, yeah, well, I mean, I still have, you know, yeah, because I mean, like for forever, I'm just waiting for people to pay me, waiting for people to, and you know, boring, moving money from here to there to pay the mortgage and buy groceries and, you know, buy a new computer or whatever. I was always sort of, you know, dipping my hand in some, some other pocket to get to figure things out. What I was going at, what I was saying initially was, I think I realized after going back to work for the last month is that. I'm, I was a reluctant independent developer, right? Um, I much prefer the, the security and stability of having a job and not having to worry about benefits, not having to worry about where my paycheck's coming from and stuff like that, right? And it's been a struggle. It was, it, that was really stressful for me in the last, you know, 10 or so years. And, you know, I did do some uh, entrepreneurial coaching, which kind of got me settled down and, and got me to relax about, you know, not having work to do and, you know, not taking on every job that came along because it was, it was a job, right? And, and being a little bit more selective about what work I, I would take on. But that said, now that I'm back into the sort of work-a-day world, I realize I'm giving up a lot of the freedoms that we all enjoy as independent developers and stuff like that, or independent contractors. But I'm much happier not See, worrying about money and, and time off and stuff. I'm still leery about that whole uh, independent contractor, independent developer label, because I, yeah. really, I don't really fit that. I don't know what I fit. Mm -hmm. Still trying to work that Well, you're out. always doing a thousand things at a time, right? So... Well, I always said that I've I've made a career out of having, you know, probably undiagnosed attention deficit disorder. <laughs> or at the very least a serious lack of focus. Yeah, yeah, I think well I think I think that, you know, I'll tell you something, the technology we deal with today, it, it totally fosters that kind of that kind of behavior and, and problem for people. I mean, I like part of my coaching was to learn not to look at my email and, and to turn off the devices and focus on what I'm doing. Like right now, I just before the, we start recording here, I put all my devices on Do Not Disturb, right? So that, that so that I won't get distracted by what's happening on Twitter or whatever because I'm focused. And three hours later, you were ready because you have like a thousand devices. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's like, but but uh, and so so and again, like it's the same thing with with the work thing. You know, when I'm at at the office, I'm being paid to be paying attention to them, not paying attention to what's happening on Twitter or Slack or whatever you, right? So do you want to talk about devices? I see that you've got the thing up here about Apple is reportedly launching the 9.7 inch iPad Pro in March. That is true. I did put that up there. And uh, what, what, this is a bit of kind of a follow-up and it's kind of a new announcement. And, and the reason I put it up there, well, hopefully that Aaron, well, Aaron was going to be here, but we've been speculating about the pencil on other devices other than the the iPad Pro, right? And so they're calling this, a, or, or I guess it's, um, and Gadget is calling this a 9.7-inch iPad Pro because the picture is clearly, you know, an iPad-sized device and the person's holding a pencil in their hand, right? So what do you think about that? I think I just finally got to use my iPad Pro that I bought last mm -hmm. year. For the first time for real, because I um, I didn't want to use it until I got a case. And then I finally just got my, I got a gumdrop case, which is absolutely gorgeous. Mm -hmm. I love it. You got, you can put a, your, it's got a spot for your pencil. Um, 
So I can't really comment on them releasing a whole other iPad. That would kind of aggravate me because I just started using my other one. Yeah, well, I mean, like for people like Aaron and, and um, Jaime, they were both talking. I think they were both talking about how, or, or Greg, were you talking about, I forget when you were on the show two weeks ago, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't were think I was talking about, about this stuff, no. I think it's interesting the way they're segmenting things, right? Like when they had 13-inch MacBook Pros and 15-inch MacBook Pros, and they had 13-inch MacBooks and 15-inch MacBooks, and then the MacBook Airs came in, and it was like, that's usual. That's Apple's usual thing, right? The smaller devices are the for normal people, Consumer and one, the yeah, Pro yeah. devices are the big ones. And so they said iPad Pro is the super giant tablet, is yeah. the Pro model, and then there's the Air in the middle, and the Mini, which is still not quite like underpowered or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And that's still a normal model. But now they're sort of pushing the Pro to seemingly encompass two. They're like, okay, the giant one and the big one are Pro. And what does that leave? The Mini as the normal people one? Yeah, and you don't, you don't see this be, as being... Well, mind you, they've always had the iPad 2 and then they had the, the higher iPads, mm-hmm. right? But you don't see this as, as supplanting the, the, the standard 9-inch. This is 9.7-inch, but supplanting that size of device and just become and just, they'll get rid of that other that other line and just move on to the pro, pro pro versions do you think they'll charge more money for this i guess is what i'm asking right i could see them upping the price by say 50 dollars and then saying Only let's just 50? say 50 dollars and then saying if you want the pencil for it then get the pencil but if you don't want the pencil then it's just a regular ipad with all this other cool stuff so it's a little bit more expensive yeah but then because yeah. the pencil is like a hundred dollars right it was 99 last year right it seems like a little too much to have a 9.7-inch Pro and a 9.7-inch regular model. Like, I can see for the MacBooks again, they're going 12-inch MacBook, maybe the Airs will be dead, and then they'll have a 15-inch Pro. Yeah. And I can kind of yeah. see that. Like, I don't know. It seems like they don't like having two laptops that are the same size that are sort of of different class, right? Because then people are like, should I get the 13-inch Air or the 13-inch Pro or the 13-inch? They still have the non-Retina Pro 13-inch, and it's like too much choice. I think they like having the big one is for pros, the little one is for normal people. And so with iPads, you know? I have to be honest with you. I liked it back in the day where you just walked into an Apple store and you'd say, give me an iPod. And there was only one. Or give me a, give me a mm. MacBook and you know or a laptop or whatever terminology yeah. you would use, boom you got one. Or give me a desktop, boom there's yeah. your iMac. Because now like my mother in law will call me and she says there's 15 different computers here f- for me to choose. I don't know which yeah. one to get. Right. And I'm like, well okay, there's only not there's not 15. <laughs> <laughs> now what are you talking about? But like she gets very confused because there's so many different choices now. Choices are good, right? But too many choices. It's not that, so that's why I'm hoping they don't duplicate this, and there's not two kinds of 9.7-inch iPads. And they're just going to try to pull the iPad up market and say, the big, the, our two big iPads, those are the Pro models. You can get them with or without the pencil, though, and you can get them with or without yeah. the keyboard. But yes, yeah. they are going to be $50, $100, whatever, more expensive than the Airs were. But they're going to pull them up, and then the Mini will kind of take in the low end. Because, I don't know, everyone's always talking about how tablet sales are down and whatever. But I think Apple is saying, you know what? These are going to start replacing laptops. So we can make them more expensive. They don't need to be $300, $400 anymore. We can actually sell them for six, seven, eight hundred, nine hundred dollars instead and have mm-hmm. them be laptop replacements rather than just like super large phones. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, in the middle of the end, we talked about it on our show here um, many times before that there's just too many choices with the iPad. I mean, when they when they had the iPad 2 and the iPad mini was out and then they had the iPad 3 and then 
then the Airs came out, and then they had so they had like gazillion devices. And the iPad two that lived for how long, right? For yeah, I mean, is it, don't they don't they still long. sell it? You know, like, yeah. <laughs> well, actually, the mini, the, the the original mini was actually an iPad two, right? Yes. Which is in a smaller form factor. Yeah. But so uh, well, how I see this playing out is is they'll have a mini, right? And they'll have an iPad of some type, probably the iPad Air two. Um, as sort of, will will sort of slide down, and then this this new iPad Pro will will slide into the into the middle between the iPad the big iPad Pro. Mm-hmm. This is the wrong name for it. it. Would have to be called something different. But uh, the iPad Pro Mini. I don't know. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, like you say, and with the fast enough processor, because clearly the the you know the iPad Air two is the only one that can do multitasking besides the iPad Pro now. And yeah. and to support the pencil, clearly there has to be a faster chip. Um, you know, better. I think. I think we talked about that with uh, and Caroline. Car- Caroline talked about that on her video series, or at least on the Ray Wonderlick podcast, mm-hmm. about the fact that there's more uh, feedback coming from the pencil, and you need to have a faster processor to deal with the extra extra ones and zeros that are being flying, thrown back at it. Right. Yeah. Um, that and, and it's interesting. We've also talked about. We joked about like why would they have sixteen gig devices? And and um, I ran across two instances of why why the sixteen inch devices do have a meaning. And, and one of them is that I was talking to a tire recycler uh, about building an app or working on his app for him, and he was telling me that they they give the, the iPads to the truckers who who bring the tires to the, re- the recycling center. So they clearly don't want to give them a one hundred twenty eight gig iPad, right? So they have the small ones, and then at the office that where I work now, we have a bunch of devices just for testing, and they're all the they're all the bottom of the line. You know, they're like they're six pluses and sixes and stuff like that, but they're all the sixteen gig model, which sounds ridiculous at first, right? You know, because all we're doing is testing. We're not really using them for they're not our personal devices. Right? Yeah, I mean, I still yeah, that's all my tests. I still were. just use my I have an iPad Mini Retina, and I use it as a reader kindle app the ibooks app and yeah that's yeah. pretty much it sometimes i check my email on it and things like that or i'll like yeah. slack once in a while but it's just a reader so that's really good enough for me i'm not like you two who are doing actual work mm-hmm. on the ipad because i mean i write mm-hmm. code i need my computer to do that maybe someday it'll happen but i like having an actual keyboard and a screen and my 13 inch <laughs> retina macbook pro is not like oh my god this is like you know 50 pounds i have to lug around that's like super light i take it everywhere it's fine well, I can tell you that. I mean, I know Tammy doesn't really do; she uh, works at home. But I mean, uh, you know, lugging the iPad Pro back and forth to work—it's like I can't pull it out on, on this on the streetcar comfortably because I'm always on a packed streetcar, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I have done it a few times, right? But um, you know, makes a great teleprompter just as a sign. Yeah. <laughs> it, it practically is as big as a laptop. I've, I've handed it to a few people at the office, and they're kind of like, "Oh my god, that thing's huge!" Yeah. Right? So yeah. it it is large, and and you know, so. When I do want to go to a real website and stuff like that, I can. It's really nice to be able to do that. So, but it it is awkward to sort of lug around. But as but I and I've used it to you know share artwork with other uh, co. Like I took it over to the guy who designs the you know, the wireframes and showed him you know a couple of things on the iPad Pro mm. designs and stuff like that. And so from that point of view, it's it is like a, a like practical sketchbook. Yeah. Um, I, li- I do like the size, but it is awfully big. I mean, like, yeah, th- I th- and notwithstanding the keyboard that Apple's come out with, it, I'm not really impressed with it. But um, you, if you added a keyboard to this, it t- totally could be a laptop replacement, like far and away above the other smaller iPads, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, 9.7-inch iPad going pro and pulling the iPad line upscale, I mean, thumbs up for that, I think. 
Well, and, and, and this is the thing. We're speculating on the show about the pencil and, and devices that are going to support it. You know, Aaron was saying for sure he would dump his Mini, which he just bought, for an iPad, for an iPad Mini that had a pencil support, right? Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. See, and I think that surface would be way too small to draw on. Yeah, to draw on, but like for handwriting and stuff like that, which is where which a lot of people are using this stuff for now, to note-taking and things like that, right? Yeah. See, I'm just talking to my phone. <laughs> and now let Siri take the notes Do for you? me. Yeah, she spells better than oh, I do. That's true, that's true. Like, way better. She can understand mm. your southern accent? Oh, I'm going to smack you. <laughs> She's not got a southern accent. <laughs> okay, speaking of... She's got okay. an army grad accent. I'll there to say it. I do, but there's one thing that bothers me. Like, there are certain things that you can't get Siri to do, and if they are doable, I wish someone would tell me. For example, like, if I say there's, you know, punctuation that I can't get it to type out. Mm-hmm. Or it just puts the punctuation in rather than it spelling out exclamation Why point. Why don't you say... I wish you can't, I... You, you can't just say exclamation point and have her type that in? No, it puts an exclamation point. Oh, you wanted to spell exclamation point. Right. Or the period or something like that. She puts in the punctuation. And I have been looking all over the interwebs for some way around that, and I haven't been able to find it. I, I do remember, I know what dictation software there was a way of doing it, and I wonder. I, I do vaguely remember something about about um, correcting Siri and say, when you're when you're typing, or when you're dictating to her, you can you can correct her and and she'll change it. Crazy, yeah. driving me nuts. Anyway, mm. enough about Siri. All right, so what's so what else can we talk about? I have a little bit of follow up. I'm a little disappointed. Oh, quite a, quite a beef show follow up. Yeah, that's true. I'm a little Go disappointed. Doctor Ruben isn't here, but two episodes ago. I think that was when I talked about the end of Moore's Law, an article from Ars Technica. And then last week, Mark talked about uh, how people have been predicting that for a long time, and Mm -hmm. people designing transistors transistors are very smart, and there are high-K dielectric materials, and so on. And of course, then I came across an article on my feed with the Semiconductor Engineering, semiengineering.com website, which I'm sure everybody subscribes to. Mm -hmm. And they had an article there about how... DRAM is going down to the ten, tens of nanometers. I think it's currently at about 20 in the 20s, and it's going wow. down to ten of na- tens of nanometers. And DRAM is very simple. It's just a transistor and a capacitor, and so when they shrink them down and they put them really close together, they're running into a lot of trouble. And so this article was about a paper that came out from Samsung. So it's not the paper itself, which makes it much more readable. So if you're even a little bit interested in this kind of thing, then you can read the article and see what kind of tricks Samsung is doing to shrink our DRAM down. And they do mention some high-K dielectric materials, which is why I wanted to ask Mark about it, and how right. they're not quite ready for prime time, and they've done other things like uh, change the arrangement from straight rows to like a honeycomb arrangement. And so some interesting stuff in there. So I would check it out if that kind of thing appeals to you. So for the people driving in their cars, DRAM is memory, right? It is the memory that is very high capacity. Like when you have a 4 gigabyte stick of RAM in your computer, an 8 gigabyte or a 16 gig stick, those are DRAM, yes, because they're very small. Again, it's just a single transistor and a single capacitor, so they can really pack them in. But then they have other, you know, there's trade-offs, of course. There's other kind of memory that's much bigger and uses more power, but it has other trade-offs. But DRAM is the one... So like a flash drive is not the same thing, because DRAM is meant to be faster accessed, right? Um, I think it's mainly meant to be packed in. You can get very high capacity in a small space with DRAM, again, because it's very small. Um, Uh Something like... But DRAM has to be refreshed. If you remember from the old days, Tim, you built PCs and stuff, didn't you? 
Mm, I've taken them apart, oh Max. Don't, yeah, do you remember? Yeah. Don't make me go back Tammy, to those you remember, days. You remember when you had to buy RAM, <laughs> uh, D, RAM, like a stick of RAM, yeah, and it yeah. had a oh, speed. Yeah, yeah. It was like, oh, this is 130, the refresh rate, or it's uh, 20 nanosecond, yeah. re- or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so that. Oh my goodness, you're making me you feel that? old. I Stop used to do this too. <laughs> anyway, DRAM will last, I don't know, like 30 milliseconds or something like that. You put a bit in there, 30 milliseconds later, it's gone. It's leaked. The, the leakage is taken away. It's gone, right? So you have to refresh it every 30 milliseconds, 20 milliseconds, whatever the RAM is rated at. That's the downside of DRAM. You have to keep refreshing the damn thing to keep your data in there. And 30, that's, that's once like many, many times a second. You got to refresh the thing, right? <laughs> So other kinds of RAM, like SRAM, for example, that's what they use for cache memory, I think, on, on, on DAI. Uh, SRAM is like, I don't know, seven transistors or something like that, but it doesn't need to be refreshed. So it's much larger. That's like almost 10 times, right? Six, seven, eight times larger. So you'll get six, seven, eight times less capacity, but you don't have to refresh it. And it has other, you know, so there's other trade-offs. Um, so anyway, that's the big deal about DRAM. That's the one that we use for RAM in our computers. When you shut the power off, it all goes away. So that's that one. Yeah. Yeah. So do do iOS devices have RAM in them now as well? That's the mm-hmm. five twelve or one gigabyte these days that they have in terms of RAM. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, right, right. But I thought that was shared out of the out of the total capacity of the of the storage. I guess not, eh? No, they the RAM is because it's a system on a chip, and they put the RAM right on the die. I think it's like a. Uh, oh, two, same, it's like a two-level die. Right? They kind of make two levels on it. They got some secret mm-hmm. process, not secret. They have some special way to do it compared to like your Intel CPU. Uh, but I think the RAM is technically right on the thing, and the flash mm-hmm. memory, like your 64 gigs of um, disk space, is kind of is a different thing. So, but they don't dictate that it's 64 gig plus two or whatever. I don't think they. No, you know, Apple. They never tell you the the RAM specs. They just say. Yeah. I don't even. They just don't say anything. You have to wait for. I fix so it what, it, what is the working memory in an, iP- an iPad is 2 gig? What is it in an iPad Pro? Is it is it kicked up to 4 gig or something? Do you know? I thought it was 2. I don't know. You have one. You I, should know. I don't know what I the know. specs on the I know I should. I thought it was 2, though, but I don't know. I'm anyway, just curious. Because back in the day when we first started in iOS 1 or iPhone OS or whatever it was called, mm-hmm. we had, um, I think we only had 128K or 128 megs. <laughs> 128K was the Mac, Tim, yeah. yeah. No, I, I'm mixing that up with my other Macs, too, but... Uh, um, yeah, the grandson was over here playing with the old computers the other day, but um, I had to find him some floppy disks. So if anybody has any five and a quarter inch floppies, send them my way. I do. Do you want high density or? You no, do I, not. No, I swear. I, I do. Do you have any Apple? The only ones I have have like Leisure Suit Larry on them. <laughs> you know what I had to find? Because I bought a really old uh, Amiga 1200 on eBay and I needed three and a half inch floppy disks or oh, yeah. I guess they aren't I floppy got lots of those. but I, I need the double density not the high density ones like the 720k the get yourself a soldering yeah. iron and burn the corner no but the actual way the the magnetic disk is made between high density and the double or is different so if you put a high density disk in a double density drive in these old amiga drives they don't they don't like them Oh, so I can't use the the double sided dry discs in the old Apple II computer that my grandson's trying to resurrect. It depends. Commodore was notoriously cheap about their parts, and they used the really bargain basement stuff. So apparently, I've heard that high density discs don't work. No, no, very no, well. not cheap. Frugal. Frugal. Yeah, I love Commodore. I'm a Commodore fan, but yes, they were not always good about the parts. So Tim, your Apple mate, your uh, Apple might be okay. But anyway, I have lots of five and a quarter discs as well because I still have a Commodore oh, 64. So uh, we'll talk cool. afterwards. Neat. Yeah, we're trying to find... Um, I, have a, I have a bunch of books on Pascal, but I think I need to get... I can't remember if you need to... I probably do need to have a DOS or 
DOS operating system for Apple DOS or whatever to be able to write. Did to you them. just say DOS? I was going to say that. You call it DOS. Okay, I thought it was just me. DOS. Wait, yeah, what? DOS. This is like disk a operating right, system. DOS, is where not... I was going with that. Yeah. You are so lucky. I can't find a way to smack you through Skype because if I could, I have another <laughs> similar related follow up to that one again for the computer. You know, nerds. you know. I don't know if you listen to. Do you listen to our show, Tammy? Sometimes. Oh. I, I don't even know if I'm coming. Listen, I just figured out it was March 2nd a couple of yeah. minutes ago. Well, so. I was just going to say, because cause the, the pronunciation of the word Java has come up a number of times since uh, since you were on the show. Did I do it right that time? Java. 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 I have another bit of follow-up, <laughs> sort of related to the first. Wait, it's G. Sorry, it's J-A-V-A. Yeah, I know. That's what I said, Java. <laughs> How do you hear it? Not the way you say it. <laughs> Tammy, what is the exaggerated impression you would do of Tim saying that word? Say it again, Java. Tim. Java. Java is what you think he's saying, right? Okay. Java. Well, it's like, a, like people say Toronto, we all say Toronto. No, you we do don't. We say Toronto. Tim has oh exaggerated a little bit. I say Toronto. Like T-O-R-O-N-O. You say it normally. Toronto. Like Tron, a movie. Oh, Toronto. You just make up words. Make your plans now to come to Nashville, Tennessee and attend the best tech conference being held this year. Indie DevStock isn't just about learning the latest Apple frameworks or how to program in Swift. Indie DevStock is about making connections. Our speakers will share their stories, experiences, and ideas with you. Through their words, you'll gain a better understanding of the challenges indies face, and more importantly, how to overcome them. It doesn't matter if you're currently a successful indie developer, just starting out, or trying to decide if going indie is right for you. We're all in this together. In addition to the inspiration talks, you'll also have an opportunity to attend hands-on tech talks to help level up your skills. During this two-day event, not only will you get to experience Southern hospitality at its finest, but you'll also get to hear some of the best live music around while enjoying all Nashville has to offer. For more information and to buy your ticket, go to www.indiedevstock.com. We hope to see you there. Right, Greg, I have another little saying? piece of all, <laughs> sort of related to the first one. There's another article from Ars Technica talking about uh, using biological motors. So the article is t- called NP Complete Problem Solved with Biological Motors. So Wait, is this the more than just code podcast? This is something? way more than just code. NP okay. Complete Problems for the nerds or the, or the non-nerds are the very difficult problems where there's currently no way to solve them except by brute force. You have to try every combination. The example they use here is called the subset sum problem. So if I give you a list of 10 numbers, let's say, and I say, can you find a combination that adds up to 10? And, you, and I said, can you come up with an algorithm to do that? You would say, well, I don't know. You would just try them all, right? You'd have a 1 and a 2 and a 7, and that adds up to 10. You'd say, great, I found one. I'm like, are there any more? You're like, I've got a 1 and a 2 and a 5 and then a 9. Oh, no, that's more than 10. That doesn't work. So there's no efficient algorithm to calculate these things. You just have to do brute force, try every possible combination, and then solve the problem. So there's this class of very difficult problems like this. And 
That's how I do my all Exactly. You just have to, you, you have to just number, keep trying them I all, right? that number. But the, the, thing about, <laughs> exactly. the thing about some of these NP-complete or these hard problems is that they're easy to check, right? If I say I found 1 and 2 and 7, and that adds, adds up to 10, if I ask you to check that, you can check that trivially, right? That's easy to do. And you say, yes, you found one. But, but you can't find them that easily. If I just give you the big bag of numbers and say, find the ones in here that add up to 10, that's much more difficult. So anyway, we have uh, those problems are very hard to do with our computers. They say maybe quantum computers will help. And these people have designed a biological system where they wire together the proteins. And it kind of reminds me of Plinko, like on Prices Right. They wire together these set of tubes. Oh, and they like roll the ball down. And it goes all the way to the end. <laughs> and it solves the problem. And so they've managed to do this. And they've solved an NP-complete problem using biology and proteins, which is really interesting. An interesting way to handle oh, these things. Yeah. They say the downside, though, is that this when they wired this thing together, however they did it, uh, that's all it can do. So it kind of reminds me of computers. Like way back in the earliest computers, right? They would build a computer to do one particular calculation. They would wire it up and say, all right, push the button, all the vacuum tubes would light up, and they'd say, here's our answer. It's like, great, now we need to add the other set of numbers. And they'd have to rewire the entire computer, right, to do another set yeah, of calculations. Yeah. And then eventually we got, you know, stored program computers and toggle switches and punch cards and whatever and programming languages eventually, right? So yeah. it seems a bit like that. They've wired together these proteins to do one particular thing. So maybe down the line, this will be what computers will be like uh, much further in the future. This isn't coming out next year or anything like that, but it's uh, interesting. You know, it's only a matter of time before they take over. I can't wait. Right. All this time I've been worried about zombies. Mm. I really should have been worried about artificial intelligence. Exactly. Everyone always says, um, you know, the robot's taking over or something like that. But no, I think it's going to be these biological computers, actually. So, uh, again, another interesting article for the computer science nerds who uh, want to solve these kinds of problems. So I have, Tammy and I have two questions for you, Greg. One is, what is Plinko? <laughs> no, you know, I know what Plinko oh, do is. do you really? Did you never watch The yeah, Price is you, Right? And, well, no, so yeah, yeah, come on I mean, down. Yeah, I, I, back in the day when I wasn't working for a living and stuff, but... You don't remember when they would climb up that to was the, the top best. That was behind my favorite, the thing, and they dropped the little ball down and go boop boop. The boop, sound boop, it made, and like you know? it, would, it would go boop boop boop, right? Because it would never go in. <laughs> <laughs> These sound effects are free, by the way. Are they royalty free? Feel we free can to use pick them, them up. Right. And, uh, <laughs> absolutely. Boop, boop, I can't believe you asked that. All right, what's the other question, Tim? Well, that was yeah. We're both related to the prices, right? And the next question is like, when do you ever get to watch prices, right? But then I forgot. When do you, so when do you watch The Price is Right? I don't. Like when I was a kid, I used to watch oh, it. Oh, Plink. Mean. Okay. Do they even, I don't even, is that even on I the air? I just remember the big wheel that they used to spin. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Hugh, Hugh, Car- Hugh. Drew Carey? Drew Carey is now the host. Really? Of it, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's not the same without the old guy, but uh, anyway. Bob Barker. I haven't watched it. This, that's don't how forget come to all spay of my, and neuter your pets. That's right. I was just going to say, that's why all of my pets are spayed. Or I had no idea what that meant when I was a kid back in the 80s watching it. I'm like, what does that really? mean? Spay and neuter your pet? What the <laughs> hell is this guy talking? Anyway, whatever. Well, you're showing your age because I knew what it was by then, for sure. Yeah, I was a kid. What can I say? And I didn't have pets. You I didn't were have pets innocent. Either, so what do I know? So, how can you grow up with no pets? Wait, now we have to stop. <laughs> Because I know this is not a tech thing, but like, how do you grow up with no pets? Well, uh, that is a usual uh, Korean household thing. My parents are from Korea, and really? pets, pets are, are food. They're not food. Let's not get into that. Uh, oh, I think Tim. that might be, oh, that might be borderline racist if you're going to keep going down that line. But no, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, pets are you know outdoor animals are okay. Like if yeah, you live yeah. on a farm or something like that. But 
you know, dogs are not for indoors to be in the house with people. That's just that's just not done. I got chickens in my kitchen right now. <laughs> well, that's food, <laughs> <I> right? <do. laughs> no, they're little tiny peeps. They can't be outside. They're brooding right yeah, now. Oh, they're brooding under the heat lamps or whatever. Under heat lamp, yeah. yeah. No, anyway, it's funny. I, it's funny because we, uh, my dad was also Asian, and and uh, and we had the same. He had the same sort of problem with having animals in the house. We had a cat growing up, but but yeah, not not no animals in the house. It was really freaked him out. Yeah, everybody like my sister and my cousins and everybody I think now has pets. Now that we are all grown ups and have our yeah. own houses, I don't have a pet here, but you know, I think I was going to say I think pets are pet fine. Though, right? I don't have a problem with that. They're just way too much work for me because I'm just you know. A little bit lazy and a little bit... Uh, You're jet-setting around on all these different podcasts have, and headed off to yeah. Facebook. And yeah. it's so bringing right. us back to the code, it was an interesting thing you mentioned about, which reminded me of Margaret Hamilton, who was the lady who programmed the uh, lunar software for the Apollo missions. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you know this or not, but there's a couple of things. One is, is I was telling somebody about this today, actually, that, that when they programmed the lunar uh, computer... They didn't have a storage mechanism, so they literally would make the connections in the software with hard wire. Like yeah. they would actually wire in, wire them in to position and to you know for the, so to set the ones and zeros up and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that's where the term hard wiring comes from, right? Mm-hmm. Because it couldn't be changed. And but an interesting story about that though is she was writing the software and she went to her manager or whoever was in charge and said, you know, there's this one particular thing where if the astronauts, you know, throw this particular switch in the middle of the mission, the computer will go down, it'll cause a huge problem and just or something to that effect. And she was told, Listen, you know, these are astronauts, these are highly paid professional people. They they don't do anything that mission control doesn't tell them to do. There they, they there's no need for this kind of thing. She was trying to, you know, write a I don't know, bug report or whatever or a, a known issue kind of report for people so they would know not to do this thing, right? And so needless to say, during one of the missions, one of the astronauts said, Hmm, I wonder what this switch does and flipped the switch. Don't you think that's fascinating? Are you there? (laughs) Holy cow. Uh, That's funny. (sighs) Are you there, Santa Claus? It's me, Margaret. (laughs) I was just thinking about when you were talking about NASA and the computer technology. I was just thinking that, you know, back in the 60s, we went to the moon. We don't do that anymore. Why? Why don't we go to the we moon We have too, too many I safety mean, standards now. They couldn't get the rocket off the ground if they if they had if they if they wanted to fly people to the moon the way they did back then. They couldn't do it. Allegedly, <laughs> fly people to the moon. If you believe we even went to the moon, I'll say that. Allegedly oh, went to the Tim. Moon. That story reminded me of uh, there's a story called a story about magic about a switch that people flipped and to do things. Have you heard of this thing? No, no, go ahead and tell us. I'm not going to tell the story. I'll post it in. You Come can on, this is more than just code. You it's it's an actual story. story, so you have to read it. It's a sh- it's short, but it just reminded me of that because it's about a magic switch that um, you know. There's this. There's, they have this old computer. I'll just tell the basics. There's a switch in front, and it says magic, and the other position says more magic, and it's set to more magic. Right, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then they flip it to magic, and then the computer crashes. <laughs> so they flip it back, they restart the computer, and it's okay again. And they're like, "That's weird." But they look behind it, and the switch has one wire coming out of it. And of course, switches need two wires because that's the whole point of a switch, right? right? And like, the switch only has one wire; it doesn't do anything. So what the hell? And they're like, "Oh, it must have been a fluke." And so I think they flip the switch again to magic instead of more magic, and the computer yeah. crashes again. And so they're like, "Well, you know." So anyway, the story is about how they investigated. And 
there is an ending to the story, which I won't spoil. So you should read that story. I'll post it into the notes. But your story about the astronauts and the switch kind of reminded me of that. Well, I'm going to post a story about Margaret, Margaret Hamilton into the post in podcast notes as well. So for the people driving in their cars. Yes. Check out the story about magic, too. It is a, it is a funny one. I had a couple of follow-up items, and they had to do with, well, obviously the jailbreak phone that we were all debating on. But I was listening to Rocket, and apparently they said that 17, at least 17 phones have been, um, a- Apple says, has assisted law enforcement and or the FBI with in the past, right? So mm. it's just... Oh, you're killing what? me. You're really going to talk about that? Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> No, Did they give a little to. bit of background, Tim, about like what kind of cases they were? What were the conditions? How far back does this go in terms of time? This follows up on what Tim Tim Cook was talking about, the, the link that Aaron put up last week, right, or talked about. I did actually get a chance to watch it, and it was kind of like he was a little dumbfounded as to why the FBI is taking this public now. They're obviously making it public for – it's like they can't get Apple to do what they want, so they've gone to public with the story sort of thing. Was the impression I got from from what he'd said? Hmm, okay, yeah, and it's just that it's interesting. I'm not sure what the source was or or how Christina Warren or Rocket, you know, got the the information about the 17 phones. I was just curious about it. I know Aaron was following the story, which is why I put it in the notes. But but clearly we can't go there. No, you can go there. All right. You well, can go uh, there. L- 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 I'll behave. Well, no, I, I mean, so so Maybe. so. I, you know, we've all talked about on the show, which you don't listen to, obviously, but about how we're all opposed to the the, FDR, or the Apple Apple. I know now it's like right to my heart, dude. <laughs> but how Apple? Uh, we don't think Apple should should uh, make an exception for this one particular case because because the, then once once you open Pandora's box, it's hard to get you know the evils back in there again. But um, what is your opinion on this whole FBI versus Apple case, Tammy? In my best Jack Nicholson impression, why can't we all just get along? (laughs) (laughs) But no, I agree with you. I mean, you open up the door for things that you don't even want to know, right? right? Because it's just, it's it's an invasion of privacy. And I get the whole, well, you know, if I'm not doing anything, then I don't have anything to be worried about. But who's to say what you're not doing isn't going to be reclassified as something to be worried that's about. That's true. And that's what worries that's true. me. Yeah, you, you, it ends up being, I mean, that's how, how, you know, I hate to say it, but th- that's how, you know, the whole World War II thing started up and you know, c- c- civilizations crumble when you do things like that. I, I support Apple in the fact that I, I don't think, I think our data is our data. And whatever that data is, you know, there's some, there's some accountability that needs to go along with your data. And you have to understand that every time you trade a false sense of security, and I really want to be clear about that false sense of security, because, you know, working in, in a network environment, and I understand that computers and life are totally different. You can't really compare apples and oranges here. But people used to say to me when I was a network administrator way back when, Hey, how do I make my computer secure? And I would be honest with them. I would say the way that you make your server secure, secure, your computer secure, is you put it in a locked room and then you turn it off and then you unplug it and then it's secure. Maybe. (laughs) And that's kind of the way that I feel about data. Like, yeah, just because you put something and it's encrypted, it's secure, but it doesn't mean that it 
is secure. And now that you've got people saying, hey, like, let's break that security and let's put a backdoor in, that just makes it even that much easier for your semi-secure data to be unsecured. And I just, I don't, I don't believe in that. I mean, you cannot trade a false sense of security for any type of freedom because the moment you do that, bad things happen. And then more bad things happen because it, it continues to be a trade-off because the less secure you are, the less free you are. And it's just, it gets really complicated. I mean, again, back to my Jack Nicholson quote, I just think people need to get along, mind their own darn business and just stop being jerks to each other. Mm -hmm, I mean, mm -hmm. come on. It's a a big planet. We can all get along. (laughs) Yeah. I I was reading something in the Washington post about um, this whole thing. And and I was interested to see a quote by Edward Snowden saying, arguing that you have, you don't care about your right to privacy because you have nothing to hide is no different than saying you, you don't care about free speech because you have nothing to say. Exactly. And then, um, so yeah, there was a, a, a Apple insider story posted the other day about yesterday, actually, in fact, about Apple has, um, leased an old Pepsi plant in the, for the project Titan. Do you know what project Titan is? Something to do with a car, I believe. Yeah, so that's interesting. Apple or Jaime's famous 16 gig car. <laughs> He's not going to get the base model. Come on. <laughs> I wonder if the connection to Pepsi is. I don't know. It's it's funny thinking of like John Scully and Pepsi, and now they're taking over oh, Pepsi plants. It's kind of uh. I don't know. As soon as I saw a Pepsi bottling plant, I'm like, oh, I wonder if John Scully is involved in that. But it's uh, serendipity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess huh. bottling plants are large tracks of land and you know with lots of entrance for trucks and apple can squirrel away their car and a test track or something like that in there so yeah cool all right so as i tried to say off the top of the show here um next week is rw DevCon, much to tammy's surprise um, <laughs> who is attending and speaking I should and the three of, and the yeah. three of us will be atten- i'll be attending as an attendee and you guys have been slaving away over a hot over hot coals getting ready for your speeches and you want to give us uh, some insight on what you're going to be talking about and what you're excited about and stuff like that there? Ladies first, Greg. Go ahead. <laughs> How? Well, wow. Ladies should be more polite than that. I was staying quiet. I was going to let you go first. <laughs> See, he's never going to talk to me again now. You better cut that out, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, what was the question again? What are you going to be doing at RW DevCon? Why are you going? What are you talking about? Blah, 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 blah. I will be speaking in the intermediate track on the first day, thankfully. I was originally on the second day, and I managed to switch spots and finagle my way into the first day. I'm going to be, the title of my talk is Programming in a Swift Rather Than an Objective-C Style. So I've taken Mm -hmm. some old Objective-C code that I found lying around, done sort of a straight conversion to Swift, and that's going to be the starting point of the talk. And then I'll talk a little bit about optionals and initializers and, um, I don't know, for loops and things like that, and turning the code. That works perfectly fine, but turning it into more of a Swift style and using taking advantage of things that Swift has to offer. So that's the idea behind my talk. So it's meant for not quite beginners, but people who already know Swift. So I'm not going to yeah. go over the basics or anything like that. And just to hopefully show some little tricks that you may not know about and like, oh, I didn't know you could do that with a protocol or I didn't know that that pattern matching worked that way too. So that's what I hope people will get out of it. So are you going to talk about a little bit more about sort of what Aaron likes to call the idiomatic Swift sort of stuff or? 
Like, cause I mean, like, let, let me let me as as a as a passive observer of of the Rainbow Linux site and mm-hmm. the code that I see there, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and having edited the book for you guys, I kind of notice there's a, a different style in the way that people are putting together code now. Yeah. In, as we were doing in Objective C before, like you know, I notice that like a lot of times when you guys declare uh, outlets and and uh, things like that or properties, you you always start them off with private, for instance, mm-hmm. right? Whereas if you drag them over from Interface Builder, Apple doesn't bother making them private, right. you know, yeah, um, things like that. And then the other the other idea which which I'm fascinated about, and I kind of want to sort of hear more about, and I'm sure listeners would too, is that a lot of times when you want to you have a class and you want to add some new functionality to it, like maybe you're implementing a protocol or something, you guys always start off with uh, by creating an extension at the bottom of the class. Can you sort of give us a rundown of why that would be done? Yeah, I always like that style, even in the, even in Objective C, just because it helps to separate out the code. So it's like here's the class, here's yeah. the part that does the table view data source, here's the part that is the table view delegate, and here's this other delegate, and so on. And it's just a nice grouping because of course it doesn't enforce it it's not like i'm going to declare an extension for tape for you know navigation control a delegate and if you put other stuff in there it's not going to complain it's more just for yourself just to keep them split up and then sure, it just makes yeah. it easy to find so i like that part of it and it's not like there's a performance penalty like oh you declared it in an extension now it's, you know it's going to compile that separately and put it over here it's like no it's all going to link together in the same way in the end so it's not like it's a performance issue it's more just for humans just to organize so, so it's just it's it's exactly sort of same sort of type of thing as we would do with extensions in objective c for instance you're saying right so yeah it's just a different way of of grouping and organizing your code yeah that's what i like about it it keeps it separate and of course for tutorials when you're giving step-by-step instructions if you do it the I don't know how to say it, classic way, you have mm-hmm. to say, go to the class definition, find the comma-separated list of protocols, and add this one to the list, then go inside the method bot or in the class body yeah. and add these yeah. methods. And then who knows where they're going to add them. They're going to add them willy-nilly, just, and it's just going to be a big mess. So instead, you yeah. say, scroll to the bottom of the file, outside the final closing brace, add yeah. an extension, declare it, add the methods, and you do it all in one shot. So for tutorials, and of course for a tutorial website. That's why that's part of the style guide. It just makes uh, writing instructions and following instructions so much more easier. And as a side benefit, as a side benefit, though, I think that is a good style to do to kind of day- And I do that day to day, even when I'm not working on tutorials. Yeah, no, it's it's a good it's a good thing. I can, like I can tell you as as a um, someone who had to learn uh, coding from you know from RayWorldLink.com and, and other sites like that. Um, it can get a bit messy, like when when things are all over the place. And I, and I do like to organize things because when I go back to it, you know, six months from now, I may not remember what I did, or and then you, then you have to hunt and peck for things, you know, and, and that's really annoying. Mm-hmm. But uh, when you can separate it out, and that's one of the reasons why I like the pragma marks and stuff like that, yeah, where yeah. you can put comments in your in your or headings in, and so that it makes the jump bar find them easier yep. and that kind of stuff, yep. right? So yeah. So that's what I'll be talking about. I'm looking forward to it. And again, since I'm on the first day, I'll have the rest of the day and the second day to just relax and attend everybody else's talk. I won't be running around and doing as much stuff this year, so I'm looking That's forward true. to actually attending and enjoying more of the talks. And yeah, I think a lot of the new people are coming. Last year was the first time I had met pretty much like everybody on the team who showed up. I had met Ray mm-hmm. and Vicky and Brian and just a handful of people in person before. And mm-hmm. then last year, RWDEFCON, it's like all of a sudden you meet 40 people who you've been you know, emailing and talking on Slack with. And so it was just a lot of fun. So I think a lot of the same people are coming, but we have another, I forget, handful, 10 people or so who I've never met before, me personally. And so I'm looking forward to that. 
you uh you and tammy i've seen you guys way too much so um <laughs> i'll just ignore you two next week because you know i gotta hang out with the new people I am so going to be your shadow now, just because. Going to be taking selfies with you all week. Yeah. That's it. I'm going to follow you around like a little puppy dog. She's going to photobomb all of my selfies this year, maybe. I now have a new goal. <laughs> so speaking of which, uh, Tammy, what are you talking about? I'm going to be doing a talk on beginning TVOS development, which is kind of fun. Um, and I can't wait to do it. I am not so... Um, Good with schedules. I don't even know if I'm the first day or the second I day. You're the <laughs> second day in the morning, Tammy. Thank you, Greg. See, I can count on you. I was going to say, I think I updated the app this morning. Did it? Has it been? Has the new schedule been uploaded to the app? Uh, that should upload right away. But I don't know. Uh, yeah, t- sorry, Tammy. You're after lunch. Uh, you're on the second day at March 12th at 1:45 p.m. See who needs Fantastical when you have Greg here. Uh, so, so put us. your <laughs> put your earphone up to Fantastical and hit the button. Oh no! Does it have like voice? Does it have dictation? Ooh, I no, don't think okay. it does. If it does, I don't All know right. about it. Usually, I just sit here and and plug it right, in right, manually right. by right, hand. But it it is in my calendar because I need it to tell me that I need to be ready. Otherwise, I'll be just walking around following you okay. like a puppy dog. So you are actually second last because you're in the afternoon on the second day. So you're the, you're going to be like the second last time slot. Of the conference. That's actually yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. Sorry. Go on about yes. uh, what you were going to talk about, TVOS. Well, just just uh, the basics of TVOS. We were planning on building a really fantastical, no pun intended, app for the uh, Apple TV. And I don't want to give away too much information, but we've got a special surprise Ooh, with that app. So it, it is, yeah, it, it's a beginner course. So, um, you know, I'm expecting that there's going to be a lot of beginners. You don't have to, you don't have to know too much about Swift to enjoy it. Uh, obviously some knowledge is good and you certainly don't have to know anything about TVOS or Apple TV to, to enjoy it. Um, the first half is going to be a little refresher for people who have already been doing iOS development, but the second half we start bringing in all sorts of Apple TV stuff. So I'm very excited about it. I love the Apple TV. As an aside, I'm working on a project for the Apple TV, so this was kind of cool for me. So we have some non-team um, members speaking this year? or Just for the nice... inspiration talks. Yeah, Jamie Newberry yeah. and... Uh, Jeremy Olson, Ken Yarm, all of, I think all almost all the inspiration talks are by sort of non-team members. James Dempsey, uh, Janie, I think is still on the team, and Cesare is of course still on the team. But yeah, we've got a handful of non non-team members doing those talks. So do we want to wrap it up? I guess so, eh? I had one quick thing that we skipped over, which was the Swift port to Android. So there was oh, a yes, no, yes. You must talk about that. There was uh, I don't have much to say. There's just one to point everyone to it. There was a pull request on the Swift repository maybe last week or a couple of weeks ago, and it is from uh, Zhou Wei Zhang and uh, Brian Gisiak of Quick and Nimble and other Swift fame, Swift testing fame, and it's a pull request to get Swift the whole toolchain and all of that kind of thing Swift to compile on for an Android target, which is kind of exciting, uh-huh, and. Uh-huh. Um, that yeah, is so it's really helping, I think, for cross-platform stuff, because it's tricky. I know 
I think I said this before, but way back when OS X was on PowerPC, and Apple all along, I think, had that secret project where they were building OS X and Darwin for Intel. Or sorry, building for, building for Intel, building Darwin for Intel was no secret. So I think everybody was like, well, if they've built Darwin, then I'm sure they've built all of OS X. But, um, so they had that kind of in their back pockets if IBM and Motorola, Motorola failed them someday. But I think I heard one of the engineers at Apple saying that that was actually good because writing cross-platform code just makes for good code Better all code, around yeah. because you're not yeah. like relying on especially Intel PowerPC is so risk versus CISC and the byte ordering is different. It's just so different. And if you build the code to be sort of generic, that generic, then it's just the quality is, I think, much better. So with Swift, they, of course, built it for Linux already, but mm-hmm. um, now going to a completely non-Apple mobile platform and being able to run on Android, I think, is pretty cool. And so this pull request is still in progress. It has not been merged yet because there's mm-hmm. still some test failures. I think last I heard, some things weren't, um, some of the tests weren't passing on Android. Or sorry, the changes they made caused tests on like iOS or on OS ten or whatever to fail. And so they're still working through it. But it's great to see that so early. You know, it's again, it was open sourced in December, so December, January, February, and here we are, beginning of March, and. It's moved to Android. So aside from being a server language and an iOS language and a tvOS language and so on, maybe we'll be able to build our Android apps with Swift, which is exciting. Which is great. Yeah. yeah, there's still a lot of hybrid solutions out there that need to go away. Yeah, of course, that's not going to bring <laughs> iOS or you know the uh, UI kit over to Android. This is just the programming language. So you'll get Swift, the language, and you'll get some of the foundation framework, like the arrays and strings and that kind of thing. But that's it. You're not going to write UI kit and have it run on Android, mm-hmm. just in case mm-hmm. the folks in their cars were thinking that's what we would get. <laughs> yeah, you still have to build your UI like an animal. Yep, XML files for the win. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe that TVML will work on there. <laughs> so, yeah, so let's go around the table this week and see if anybody has any picks. And Greg, do you have a pick? Oh, you're starting with me. I do have a pick, which I have to find now. Oh, um, do you want me to start with Tammy, who probably doesn't have a pick? No, I've got one here. I don't have a pick. I could look for a pick. I, I have okay. a pick. I'll put it down here. It is right, a so. blog post on leakywellington.com from a gentleman called Alex Andrews, who's also a fellow Torontonian. So There's a shout out. And the post is called Creating an Xcode Project with a Built-in Playground. So playgrounds, of course, are great because they let you try out, try out simple code and just see what it's going to do right away without having to build a... In the old days, you'd have to make an app. You'd put all a bunch of code in the app delegate and just run it and see what happens and whatever. So it wasn't that great. Playgrounds are nice for that. And I test out a lot of things with playgrounds like... How is this conversion going to work? Can I use as here? Is it going to? Is the type going to find? Is it going to find the right type? Is this array going to work or whatever? You know, do I have the right filter syntax, map syntax, and so on? But the thing that was missing for playgrounds was like I have an entire app and I just want to pull out one class and I wish uh-huh. I could just have that one class in my playground. So before in the really old days, you would just copy and paste the entire class definition into a playground, and at the bottom you would just put your code to test it out. And that was fine. But then if you have co- classes that depend on other classes, you ended up pasting in like, you know, thousands of lines and then having your stuff at the end of it. And then eventually Playgrounds got a little bit better and you could have uh, sort of helper code for your Playgrounds. But this blog post from Alex talks about how to make a Xcode project and then put a Playground into your project and then with the import statement, he's using testable import, you can import your app's module 
into your playground, and then you have a playground with, you know, it's empty, pretty much, that you can just start playing around with the classes and structs and everything that you have in your app. So it's just hmm. a really cool, almost like having a REPL for your app. Of course, your app isn't running, but you can play around with the classes and everything like that, and then play around with them in the playground, and then that'll help you out with your debugging or your development or whatever. So it's a really right. cool way to get playgrounds really integrated into your projects. So he's got a, it's a little bit tricky to set it up. So he's just got a step, it's just a step by step post on how to do this in your own projects. So I would highly recommend it if you're, you know, developing apps, iOS or OS 10 or watch or TV or whatever, and you're using Swift and you want to try things out in the playground, then check out this blog post. Any questions, Tammy? Was that enough time, Tammy, for you to find a for, for you to find a pick? <laughs> I have a pick. I do have a pick. I don't know if it's an allowed pick, but it's my pick. There are no well, rules same. here. Okay, perfect. My pick is League of Legends by Riot. Okay, Games. there are rules here. And let's, let's cut this. <laughs> <out>. <laughs> well, no, for two reasons. One, because my my kids play it a lot, and they were showing me how it how it works and. It, it's, it actually looks like a really cool game. I mean, the, the artwork, you know, me being an artist, that's kind of one of the things I look at first. Yeah. So the artwork is really interesting and intriguing to me. The uh, The gameplay is really interesting and intriguing to me. Now, I don't have a lot of time for games, so I personally cannot play it. But if my kids get satisfaction from it, that's good enough for me. But the reason it's my pick, and I hope that this is okay, is that they're doing a lot of growing over at Riot Games, and they've got a huge, huge, huge amount of job openings. I mean, anything from, you know, uh, marketing people to technical people to writing jobs to game development, game design. So if you're looking to hook up with what I believe is an awesome company, check out the Riot Games website and see if there's something there that you might find of interest. I mean, they've got offices like in the in the US. I think there's some in China. I think there's some in Australia. I mean, they're just all over the place. Um, if you're not looking for something to do and you're looking for something to play, <laughs> it looks like a really, really cool game. So that's my pick. Well, yeah, no, I've heard, I've heard of that. A few, few friends have mentioned that they play um, League of Legends with their kids and stuff like that too. Yeah. Is it, is it, have you played it at all, Timmy? No, but I got the rundown just first thing this morning about, you know, how you can do this and this is your thing. And I kept saying, well, what is that big giant blue thing around you? And he kept telling me, my son, uh, my older son, Travis, he kept telling me what it was. And I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) What does it do? I said, that looks very much like World of Warcraft. And I swear to goodness, he he almost turned around and took my head off. He's like, it is not World of Warcraft. It's League of Legends. (laughs) I'm like, okay, okay. Completely different. Yeah, and it is. Once he showed me the gameplay, you know, because it looks very much like World of Warcraft as far as the art and whatnot, but the gameplay is is very different, completely different. So definitely check it out. So it's an iOS game or a Mac game or... No, it's um, he. He was playing it on his Mac. I don't know if they have an iOS version. I think it's just a desktop game. But it is you can play it on a Mac because he's doing it. And it's one of those like you know, I guess it's like you play with a bunch of other people and online and all that kind of stuff as well, or. Oh yeah, yeah. It's 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 one of those you know role playing uh, games that you multi, can do. Yeah, PvP dot I mean, there's like this whole big mm-hmm. thing. I was gonna say it's like you are fighting against other people is it like that or is it you fighting you're playing the game cooperative cooperatively with other people it's a cooperative game and there's two teams and and i think sometimes the teams are somewhat random and 
the way that the way that I understood it, and I might be wrong because I'm really just learning all about it now, is it's kind of like tower defense, but you get to be more involved. So you've got like two different teams and you're each trying to protect your own towers and there's different, and he had all these different names he was telling me about, like runners and junglers and like, I mean, it's really involved. I, I'm I'm actually really impressed with all this gaming stuff that's going on. I'm going to, um, what is it, uh, CSGO Championship in Ohio in a couple weeks, mm-hmm. which is going to be new for me. But, like, I mean, this is, like, a big thing. Like, I remember watching NASCAR and seeing Earnhardt run around the track and, like, this big whole thing where there were sports announcers. And now they're doing this for online games. So I am blown mm. away. Interesting. But that's my pick. I can bring it down a notch. That's, that's my okay. pick. League of Legends from Riot Games. <laughs> How about you, Tim? Do you have a pick? So my pick is something that I, I last last year when we were looking at the Apple watches, you know, they, I think they came out the day we were on our way to NS North, which again is happening in, in Toronto this year. And I saw a, um, a musical instrument actually at the Apple store called a jam stick. And it basically is sort of a electronic version of a guitar and it interfaces with your, your Mac or your um, iPad here. I've got it connected to my iPad Pro, and basically I can play piano now. Oh, come on. So I can play piano. Or I can switch the instrument up and I can play guitar. So, you know, and the reason why I'm bringing this up is because when I go to RW DevCon, I can't bring my guitar with me, so this is just another way of doing it, and so Tammy and I can jam together. You're going to bring your uke, right? Uh, I'm going to bring this thing. So it's this. This is. I'm playing this in GarageBand. So Tim, does it actually make sound, or you have to uh, you have to have a computer with you? Yeah, it's it's silent. It's basically uh, the original version worked by wireless, but this one works by Bluetooth. Mm, that's still wireless, sorry. Tim. <laughs> Wi-Fi. Sorry, Greg. It works by Wi-Fi. You're playing Aaron today, are you? Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so you know, and so I can do all kinds of kind of kind of cool stuff, and and so it interfaces with all the MIDI MIDI stuff within. It's MIDI basically as uh-huh. well, right? Yeah. It has a cool keyboard, the or fingerboard. The fingerboard's actually you can see it in the in daylight. It's using infrared to see where my fingers are, and then there's like actual guitar type strings. So it's very very similar to strumming or playing a guitar. Mm. It's not a guitar replacement for anybody who's thinking it may be something they could grab to learn how to play guitar. It, it's as a as someone who's played guitar for a good long time, let's say, um, it's not exactly the same thing. But but yeah, it's quite cool. So you know, you can play like different things. Like like here's a bit of saxophone for you. Oh, come on. You know, so that's my bad Star Wars. <laughs> That's a saxophone. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> well, it's it's a it's MIDI, right? And then I can also do uh, what, is, what are you saying? Ukulele. I can play bass on it. You know, banjo. Oh, I like that. <laughs> yeah, some of them are really good, and some of them are like that's yeah. a what? The stringed instruments, I think, are usually pretty good. Yeah, Stuff with strings that probably. Makes so Tim, can you not do the sound? Just what does this thing sound like if there were a power out? Can you just play that? Oh, without without. Yeah, uh, I can yeah, kind of so. hear what it sounds. I'm just curious what it sounds like without well, it's just, a computer. It, it makes it makes no noise whatsoever. It's just that's still noise, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> That's not one. I'm just curious what it sounds music, like. Like that. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like it, it doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, it's. It, you can see it when I want to bring it to. It's got a, a bridge pickup. Yeah. And it's got the. It's the strings. It's basically like a foot long. It fits in my in my suitcase. Is what the thing is. Which cool about it. It's actually smaller than my ukulele. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'm just saying, so. like, if you have an electric guitar and it's not plugged in, like, it still sounds like something, but not like... Yeah, a, but, but this is, yeah. this is like, it, it always sounds the same. Yeah, yeah it doesn't, doesn't sound anything like a guitar. And I'm finding that I... Oh, I should turn the volume back up again. You know, so you can play different kind of voices, but it, um, it's, a, it's a pretty cool little practice gizmo that, you know, can travel with you, fits in your bag, you know? Cool. No, you posted something about it, and I looked at the pictures already, and no, it looks pretty. I didn't know it was that small. <laughs> yeah, it's tiny. It's like, well, it's let's put it's it's almost a little bit bigger than my iPad Pro. Not much. <laughs> <laughs> That's my pick. Cool. So it's it's you know it's an iOS app. It's a Mac app. It's works with GarageBand, you know, and all my other music apps that I have on here. Cool. Rock and roll. That's it. Episode eighty-one. In the bag. Did I not say 81 this, at the beginning of the show? I think you like, said 81 at the beginning. You did not. Oh, you may have no. just said welcome okay. to... Yeah, yeah. Maybe you didn't. Welcome to the More Than Just Code I podcast. Could be wrong. Yes, I did. So we could we could lie and say this was the mission, missing episode 76 or whatever it was, 74. Well, there were so many references to previous episodes, that's not going to work. You're not, you're not fooling anybody. <laughs> Ta- uh, sorry, Greg, if people want to find you on the interwebs, where would they look? They should go on Twitter. I am Greg Heo on the Twitter machine. Did anybody mail you any letters last time you... Oh, that's a good point. Nobody emailed me, so bad <sighs> listeners. All right, I'm going to change my mind. You should email me. I am at greg at com and send me a handwritten letter, scan it, and send me mm. the PDF, please. And Tammy, if people want to find you under your rock, how would they do that? They can find me on Twitter at paradox927. Just tap on the rock. I'll kind of poke my head out, say hey, and then I'll probably go back under. Oh, hey, Tammy, why don't you give you're... a quick plug about your new podcast as well, since we're talking about you. And and your new website and stuff, yeah. Oh, goodness. See, I'm so not good at the whole, you know, plugging myself thing, but thank you. Um, so I launched a new podcast just today, as a matter of fact, March 2nd, because now I know the date. Uh, the name of the podcast is Invisible Red. You can find us at InvisibleRed.com. It's just basically me being different than I am normally. Um, and I'm with my, my friend Angela. And it's just a, a podcast about friendship and life and, you know, trying to find your divine connection. Uh, so that's new. Um, I'm also restructuring my business, Just Write Code, and you can find out information on that at justwritecode.net. So that's that's a whole new thing. Uh, the direction of the company is going more towards a production company. So if you're looking to, yeah, if you're looking to um, hook up with other creative people, maybe you have a book idea or you need some editing on your own podcast or video work or voiceover work or you know you're looking for artwork mm-hmm. or basically we produce things so <laughs> come over and check us out at justwritecode.net cool. so those are the new things i've got going on thanks for the let me no plug problem, that no problem all right and i'm timitra i am t-i-m-m-i-t-r-a on the twitter machine and uh, that's the best place to find me these days um and that's about it i guess we'll just say goodbye for till next week goodbye bye did you say goodbye tammy I didn't. Goodbye.
And you just listened to the More Than Just Code podcast. If you want to find out more about the show, you can visit the More Than Just Code website at mtjc.fm. There you can find a summary and show notes of each episode. We list links to the items that we talk about on the show as well as links to the apps on the App Store. If you like the podcast, please leave a comment on the website, and if you can, please write a review on iTunes. If you're listening on Overcast, go ahead and press the recommend button. It really helps others find out about the show. You can also follow us on Twitter. Once again, the podcast's Twitter account is at mtjc underscore podcast. If you'd like to support us, you can pledge any amount on patreon.com slash mtjc. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. my drink and i couldn't talk (laughs) bye okay bye okay let's turn off the recording devices are you sure there might be some good stuff (laughs) (laughs) i'm always recording (laughs) all right we'll leave it running then well okay i think we should have taken over the pot you know the the guests outnumber the hosts so i was hoping tammy you and i I would stage a revolution or something like that we should have next time next time totally we can take over the after show no, all right, all right. <laughs> uh, Tim, are you ready to enter the chaotic studio? I have a series of five questions for you. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> what color is your underwear? No, I'm just kidding. This is PG, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's the crossover. Tammy, are you driving? So really, I'm talking in the afternoon. Are you yes, driving? Yes, I'm up? driving. Actually, you know who's? Yeah, Angela and I are going to oh, drive together. Awesome. She's coming, awesome. by oh, the way. Cool. Yeah, you, you all Angela get to meet her. Angela was the one her. you were with last year. That was like Andrea, right? Okay. That was Andrea, so she's unable to come. But it's good because Angela can come, and she's the one who's doing the indie dev stock mm-hmm. with me. So she gets to meet everybody and see what the tech conferences mm-hmm. are all okay. about. Um, I told her, you got to be my people barrier. You know, stand three feet in front of me and do a body check every now and again if you need to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool. Yeah, when you said, I forget, you said on Slack or somewhere that you were traveling somewhere next week with the whole family or next month with the whole family. You said something. And I was like, oh, I wonder if Tammy's whole family is coming up to Virginia. No, that's that CSGO oh, that's the Ohio competition thing. Okay, thing. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. That's, that should be really interesting. I don't know anything about CSGO except point your gun and shoot things. What? Which I'm really good at. So, <laughs> you know CSGO, right? Me? No. Counter-Strike, right? Yeah. I yeah, Counter-Strike. Is. See? Oh, Greg CSGO, knows. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a, that's a game thing, right? It's a game thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Which is it? Um, Global Offensive. Yeah, I, but it's like a million... I have to look it up. Global Offensive is what it is. I knew it was Counter-Strike something, but I forget right. which one it was. But it's like a million dollar purse, yeah. Yeah. I believe. Yeah, games have gone... Ma- I mean, it was like in Asia, right? Like in Korea, those kids who play... I shouldn't say kids. The people who play like StarCraft and they make millions and they're like sport. They're like sports... You know, like the way we look at like football players or whatever, right? But over there, it's like, oh my God, he's like the StarCraft champion and he won so much money and he's like famous and all that. But it's interesting. That's coming here almost. I don't know. Are they famous? Do you know who is the top CSGO player right now, Tammy? Do you know who it is? Well, I only can tell you the the names that my kids 
are always following and talking about. I don't know if they're the top. I know that they're going okay. to be at this championship, but there's like the FaZe clan or something. Is I'm going to sound like I'm so old because I'm like, oh yeah, my mom. <laughs> no, <but> the, <laughs> no, it's like, wow, your the, mom knows FaZe about saying that's awesome. That's what it's like. Yeah, but I barely know. But it's like FaZe and Cloud9 and a bunch of other ones. And he, he was funny because he's like, oh, can we get these tickets? And I said, well, you know, let me just check budgeting and scheduling and whatnot and mm-hmm. see if we can do it. And he's, he was so funny. He says, don't do it yet. They're playing a championship game of some sort or a qualifying game right now. And I only want to go if Cloud9 makes it. So then, like, about a half hour later or whatever, he runs out of his room. He's like, okay, get the That's tickets. That's not a particularly <laughs> I'm like, I guess they won. tough-sounding like, yeah. name, Cloud9. <laughs> Don't you think? I, know, I feel like right? it should be like, you know, Ultimate yeah. Chaos 9 or something like that. Uh, Cloud 9? I don't know. That's not so... <laughs> well, I guess this whole this whole phase uh, thing, it's spelled F-A-Z-E. They've got like YouTube channels and they all live in a house together. And they have different clans that are in phase. I really, I must sound like such an idiot to people who know who phase is. But they, they're really into this whole... CSGO championship hmm. stuff. So I'm excited. I, they get to teach yeah. me something and I get to learn cool. something. Cool. And you're driving up there too? Yeah. Uh, you, I, get on, you get on one airplane and you I... think, oh, Tammy's going to fly everywhere now. No. You're back to driving, huh? No. Yeah. If I can get there in under eight hours, I'm going to drive. Is Ohio closer? That, I think, or it's further than Virginia, isn't it? I think so. I think it's only about six hours where Virginia's about eight. I, gotta go, I have no idea what anything... Uh, uh, Ohio? Oh, because you're in... Okay, right. Okay. So is that, is that your limit in yeah. terms of how far you'll drive? Cause yeah, I think... It's like a I day's drive, right? About a day's a drive. You'll do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Although I, my kids keep asking me if we're going to fly to New Jersey when we do our trips. I said, well, one, I don't ever want to go to New Jersey again. But I guess if we do, <laughs> then we'll probably drive just because I'm so used to it. It's such an easy drive for me at this point. Right. Don't yeah. you have to drive through? Don't you have to drive through like D.C. and Philadelphia and New York to get there? Though not New York, I guess. But no, it's all interstates, right? Yeah, it's, it's all, all highway. The busy, you don't actually, you don't actually go have to go through the, through the city because you can go around them. Okay. No, yeah, you just ride up on okay. the highway. I remember when Brian, who's somewhere in Connecticut, was driving down to D.C. and he said, "Oh, you got to go through, you know, New York City, and you have to go through Philadelphia, you got to go through Baltimore, and then you're in Washington." So he was. I well, then maybe that's just that. just from the rush, rush kind of thing. I, when I travel down in the states, I like to go along the, you know, the roads along the high, the beaches and stuff like that, and go through all the little little towns and stuff like that mm. if I can. But that takes a long time, right? I should drive more often, but I just don't. Did you know that California doesn't have a... Okay, if, you, if you're from California and you have a California driving license and you come to Ontario, you can just exchange yeah. your license. But if I go to California, they don't do that. I actually have to take a written test and take a driving test. Really? Yeah. I'm like, shouldn't it be so, reciprocal if we allow them to come here and exchange your driver's license? That's Canadians are more laid what back. What the hell? I'm like, oh my God. So I'm like, maybe I just won't do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm, like, I'm just not going to get a driver's license because I don't know if I can go through all of that. When are you going out there? Uh, hopefully the end of the month. And you so, but are you are you? How are you going to get around? Are you going to live close to work and commute? And yeah, I'm just I'm not going to drive. I'm not I'm like like how can you how can you live in the valley without a car? That's what I don't understand. Well, if you live in San Francisco, you can get around without a car, so you can do it in San Francisco. Yeah. yeah. So are you going to live in San? Is that where you're going to be working or no? I'll be down in uh, Facebook at uh, Menlo Park, but they have a train and they have shuttles that run, so you can get there without having a car. That's fine. And then yeah. if you're in the city, in like I don't have a car now, and I'm fine. And it's a similar kind of thing over there, so yeah. Cool. But yeah, I have to. Oh, I don't know if I want to do a driving test and all that kind of thing. Where am I going to get a car to do my driving test? You know. Or a Marks. 
<laughs> I hope he's got high enough insurance. Yeah. Get an Uber car. So I don't know. Yeah, I'll think about it. But I'm thinking, wow, that's just a lot of trouble. I don't think I'm going to do. I don't. I don't know. Right now, I'm thinking I'm not going to do it. See, now here we are always talking about California when Mark's not here. So where is Menlo Park? It is in between San Francisco and Mark in San Jose. Oh, like right down that way. Yes, so it's in between. Palo Alto. Oh, right by Palo Alto. Okay. Yeah, you'll see it on the map. It's in between. Oh, it's almost Stanford. right in the middle, I think. Huh. Yeah, it's almost in the middle. So I can go down and visit Mark all the time now. We can go for burritos. I'll make a week, uh, monthly lunch date with him and go for burritos every month. Well, you can order. You can order your Starbucks coffee before you get there too. <laughs> if you do that this and week, you, I get bonus stars. And, There's a and you, plug you can for pay Starbucks. with Apple Pay too, right? So, uh, well, I use my Starbucks card on the on the phone right now, so I do that here. Well, I for one am very excited for you. I think that's that's fantastic. I'm, I'm really excited. You know, I, part of me was like, hey, I work in technology. I should go work in Silicon Valley at least one, at least once in my life. Is kind of what I thought. So, no, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, no, it's definitely it's definitely something that would be cool to do. Yeah. You know, I would want to do it if I was your age, definitely for sure. You know, I'd, if I was your no, age, I mean, well, I mean, there's a lot of. I mean, I would love to go work in California if people are listening to the show. But um, yeah, there are a lot of reasons. No, wait, let's take a moment. Why would you love to work? in Oh, California? I mean, to work for places like you know the big boys, Facebook or Apple or something like that, right? See, am I just weird because I don't really want to do that? Well, I mean, I didn't want to do don't it. Wait, maybe this is a loaded question. I didn't question. want to do it for a long time either, but I don't know. I've been, I worked at a company a long time ago. I did freelancing for a long time. And uh-huh. I think I'm just like, oh, you know, looking to change it up. So that's part of it too. So, I mean, moving across the con- the, across the continent and working for a big company, I'm, you know, I'm just looking forward to the, the change. But you know what? If I can say this, Greg, and take it as the compliment it's meant to be, that you're a no-brainer for those guys. Like, you know, like there's no if they they should be you know knocking each other over to get to you. So, thanks, Tim. Welcome. I agree with him. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. No. It's it's uh, it's good for you and it's good for them. So. I'm sure. looking forward to it. I mean, having co- I mean, Tammy's going to be like, "Oh my god, this sounds like the worst thing ever." But having coworkers and working in an office—it's <laughs> stuff that <laughs> oh I did gosh, a little bit heart. a long time ago, but I haven't done that in a long time. And I'm just like, I'm kind of excited about it. You know, they do well, have a very long, nice office. How long, office, have, you been, so, how long yeah. have you been out of like before since you worked at a company or startup or whatever? It was maybe ten, it over ten years. I think it was really okay, ninety-seven yeah, yeah. to two thousand two or two thousand three. Yeah, I've been having to work on my resume, and so I had to remember the dates. I'm like, when did I quit that job? Anyway, it was like two thousand two or two thousand three. So that you've, been, been, you've been an independent contractor ever since. Yeah, sort of thing, so it's been over really? ten years. Um, so yeah, and plus at that, I mean that job was great because I learned so much on there, but. I think I've said this before, the the gap between me and the next oldest person was like, I don't know, 15 years or something like that. Really? Yeah. Wow. So I didn't, I never worked with like people my age and it's like, oh, let's hang oh, out after work. Than you. Yeah, oh, they okay, were all right. 15 years older than me. So it was a very large gap. And as much as I liked the job, I definitely didn't get the, the social part of it, which again, maybe Tammy would be like, that sounds hmm. awesome. Nobody wanted to talk to you or whatever. <laughs> but um, no, I'm kind of looking forward to that here. Of course, now I'll be like 15 older, 15 years older than everybody there. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.